Welcome to another great week here on Brit David Podcast as Pastor Tim brings us a message today entitled Right Decisions from James chapter 3 verses 13 through 18. Throw a rock in any direction and you'll likely hit a TV show or a book that encourages you to follow your heart. But the prophet Isaiah was clear when he wrote, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Sometimes even church members, sometimes even preachers, offer the same worldly advice, and it is not from God. To make right decisions in this life, you need something more than your heart, something more than common sense to go on. You need wisdom from above. Here's Pastor Tim. You know, we've been talking about decisions all this month. There's some decisions, though, that you have to make that are so important that you have to get those things right, you know? The decision to follow Christ, you, you need to get that one right. Who you marry, you need to get that one right. Where you live, where you work, where you'll go to school, even where you'll go to church, those are decisions that you really need to get right they are important decisions, and yet these are the kinds of decisions that we second-guess ourselves on more than we do some of those smaller decisions. These are decisions that we analyze and overanalyze and end up talking ourselves out of at some particular point. And you probably will hear somebody say along the way, I'm just confused. I don't know what to do. Now, you know that reality shows are not really reality shows, right? So somebody who writes the scripts for The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, I don't know whoever thought the golden one was a good idea, but anyway, whoever writes those things, at some point, at least once during that season, is going to have the, the primary person bending over a rail saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. And I think maybe that resonates with us because we may not bend over the pole and cry, but at the same time, we've been there before. We don't know what to do. We are confused. James addresses that directly right here in this passage. In fact, I want to direct your attention first to a very important verse. It's verse number 16. It's a verse that will or can transform your decision-making for the rest of your life. And I'll tell you in a little bit how I know. Look at the verse. James chapter 3 and verse number 16. Where, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing will be there. There's a principle in that verse that I believe is absolutely true when it comes to making these definitive decisions. I've discovered that every time I come to a point of saying, I am confused about what direction to go, envy and self-seeking are always present. Always. Envy is more than just wanting what somebody else has. Let me give you a good definition of envy. Envy is a resentful, dissatisfied longing for another person's possessions, 
position, fortune, achievements, or success. It is that resentful, dissatisfied longing in your heart to have what somebody else has, to do what somebody else does, or to receive recognition that somebody else has received. Envy is a sin that Paul groups in a group that he calls the works of the flesh. And the book of Proverbs says that envy will rot your bones. It will have a physical impact on you as well. In fact, if you look back up to verse number 14, notice how James describes it. He calls it bitter envy. Bitter envy. We don't want that, but I'm telling you that when bitter envy is present in the midst of you trying to make a decision, your decision is going to be skewed and you're going to find yourself confused. There's a second element, though, that you may find. It's not only envy, but self-seeking. Self-seeking is divisive by its own nature. It is self-gratification at the expense of others. It doesn't matter if anybody else loses. It doesn't matter if anybody else is left out. As long as you get what you want, and you won't stop at anything to make sure that you get it in self-seeking, you'll find that those things are there. I'm going to tell you something every time. Every time I have battled with confusion... Either one or both of those obstacles have been present in my heart. I first learned about this verse when I learned about the story of George Mueller. George Mueller was one of our Christian heroes. George Mueller ministered to over 10,000 children, orphans, during his lifetime. He set up almost 120 schools to educate children, and most of them were orphans. The, the, they say that the education, 120,000 children went through his schools during their lifetime. The, the saying is, is that a million dollars passed through George Mueller's hands, and he never had anything for himself. And here's the interesting thing about building all of those buildings, all of those schools, and all of that money going through his hands. George Mueller never asked another person ever for money. He only asked God for it. He said you should ask God and just simply inform people of what you're doing. It was George Mueller's take. In fact, somebody was talking to George Mueller and asked him what his secret was to having his prayers answered. I don't know if, I hope you can read this on your screen because I want you to follow along with me. George Mueller said this, to wait before him, weighing candidly in the scales every consideration for or against a proposed course and in readiness to see which way the preponderance lies is a frame of mind and heart in which one is fitted to be guided. And God touches the scales and makes the balance to sway as he will. But 
Our hands must be off the scales, otherwise we need to expect no interposition of His in our favor. When you have a choice that's laid before you, you need to be able to get to a point to where you have no will of your own concerning that matter. Let me tell you something, that's not easy to do. To completely get yourself out of the way. Think about it in whatever terms it is that you're thinking about what a big decision really is. Is it about the right person to marry? Is it about where to live or a job to take? When you consider that particular decision, if you can step back away from that decision and simply allow the pros to be the pros, the cons to be the cons, and for God to be the determining factor, then you're doing what George Mueller gives you such a good picture of. He's saying you put those on these giant scales, but you have to take your hands off. What we tend to do is we put our pros and our cons on there, and if it's the pro that we really want deep down in our heart, then we give it a little bit more weightiness. If you're seeking God's will, then you've got to be able to step back out of that picture. What happens if not? What happens if you don't step back? You inserting yourself demonstrates that at least there is self-seeking involved. Yes? Probably envy involved. And for sure you're going to follow the lines of James 3.16. Today I want to talk specifically to that person who finds themselves confused over directions in life that they ought to go. And I want to talk to you specifically about the kind of wisdom that you are to use to arrive at that decision. We want godly wisdom, not godless wisdom. We want supernatural wisdom, not mere natural wisdom. Look in the context of this verse, what James has to say. Let's begin in verse number 13 where he begins this paragraph with this question. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing will be there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. There are two different kinds of wisdom that are on contrast here. This worldly wisdom versus this godly wisdom. 
I want us to look through what James has to say in these verses and make a real comparison, a real contrast between those two types. And so in order to make it a good comparison, we use the same three categories for both kinds. We want to look at its cause, we want to look at its characteristics, and we want to look at its consequences. All right? So let's begin. Number one, I want you to know today that you should not rely on human wisdom. You shouldn't rely on human wisdom. What do I mean by that? Sometimes we call it common sense, right? You know people that lack that, right? We call it just common sense. Sometimes we call it being reasonable or being logical. It is practical. It is natural. It is normal. It is inborn volition. That's what we're talking about. If we were to put it in popular terms, we would say, this is what it means to follow your heart, right? And that's, a, that's where James puts it. In verse number 14, he talks about that bitter envy and that self-seeking. He, where is it? He says, it is in your hearts. So following human wisdom is what it means to follow your heart. And you're going to hear people say that. Sometimes you'll hear it on television. Sometimes you'll hear it in the movies. Sadly, sometimes you'll even hear it from a pulpit. But you're not going to hear it from this one. Do not, do not follow your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Isaiah asks. So what are we looking at? All right, so let's look at those, those same three traits that we are just talking about. So number one, human wisdom has a cause. Human wisdom has a cause. And where is it? Look, if you will, in verse number 15. It begins by saying, this wisdom does not descend from above. So the inference then is that this wisdom that we're talking about, human wisdom, it's not from above. So it's either from right here, or it's from below, or it's a combination of those two. So when we talk about common sense, and we talk about human wisdom, where do we think about those things coming from? We think about it coming from experience. We think about that kind of wisdom coming with age. We think about that kind of wisdom coming with education. All three of those elements are earthly elements, aren't they? Every one of those things are born right here, right where we live. And if we live long enough to achieve those three things, then we think at least we'll have some measure of wisdom whereby we might be able to make good decisions. Is that really the wisdom that we want? If it comes from right here, in just our day-to-day life, then explore that with me for just a moment. You don't have to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, but you may want to make a note about that. In Ephesians chapter number 2, Paul says that before coming to Christ, a person has lived in, or if you've not come to Christ yet, you still live this way. And he uses this phrase, According to the course of this world. Well, that's what we're talking about with human wisdom, right? It is according to the course of this world. It's wisdom that comes with age. It's wisdom that comes with experience. It's wisdom that comes with education. It is according to the course of this world. The parallel phrase that Paul uses in Ephesians 2 is according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's he talking about there? 
It's the same person that he's talking about in this very same passage when he says he is the spirit who works in the sons of disobedience. It's the one that he calls the ruler of this world. It's the one that he calls the God of this age. Who is that? It's Satan. So this wisdom that James talks about, this worldly human wisdom that he says, does not descend from above. Where then does it come from? What is its cause? It seeps up from below. It seeps up from below and it saturates this world so that everything that comes out of this world is by that very same influence. Common sense is not something that I'm simply to rely on when it comes to making those good decisions. Number one, because of its cause. Secondly, human wisdom not only has a cause, human wisdom has characteristics. They're characteristics that James lists for us, and three of them are there for us in verse number 15. He says, first of all, he says, this kind of wisdom is what? It is earthly. It's earthly. It's from here. It's just what we're just talking about. And and even if it's the very best that this earth, if it's the very best that this world has to offer, it's still not enough. And it's certainly not where the Christian needs to be. Again, Paul writes this. He writes this to the Corinthian church. He says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men or in men's ways or in these things that are earthly. What does he say next? This wisdom is not only earthly. He says this wisdom is sensual. Sensual doesn't mean exclusively sexual. But that certainly is one of the bigger components of it, isn't it? Especially in the world that we live in today. To be sensual means simply to be completely devoted to satisfying our senses. So we look at these decisions and we say, how does that, how does that affect me? How does that benefit me? What does it do for my seeing? What does it do for my hearing? What does it do for my smelling, for my tasting, for my touching? Those things that I can sense outwardly. To the neglect of my soul. To the neglect of my spirit. Using humanly wisdom simply says, what is good for my body? What's good for me there? It's sensual. There's a third element. A third characteristic, James says this kind of wisdom is demonic. He says it's demonic, it reinforces what we figured out earlier about the cause. Listen, Satan never has your best in mind. Never. Ever. He doesn't tease you with what's best so that you might simply go off in another direction. He will disguise where he wants you to go and make you think that that's what's best. But it's always earthly. 
It's always sensual. And it's always deceptive. It's always destructive. That's why in verse number 14 he says, Do not boast and lie against the truth. Don't. These are not the characteristics that you're looking for. If you're looking to make right decisions, if you're looking to make good, godly decisions, can the, can the foundation of those decisions be described as earthly, sensual, and demonic? And you think they come out good? Pastor Tim thanks you for joining us here today on Brit David Podcast. And he invites you to join us tomorrow as he continues his message from James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, entitled, Right Decisions. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.